Today, we are talking about exercise and food. Two big issues when it comes to hypothyroidism and ones that are sometimes just dismissed. We don't talk about them enough because, I don't know, even as a practitioner, I go into exercise and food choices and detailed nutrition and personalized nutrition with my patients. Of course I do. But sometimes it's just overlooked, right? We think, well, everybody knows that you don't want to overexercise. Everybody knows that you want to avoid processed food, but does everybody know? Sometimes when I see the questions posted on Facebook and the different thyroid groups, I think, wait, sometimes we have to circle back to the basics and go over some simple things, maybe not so simple, and really educate the thyroid patient, the listener, you, or just someone who's really interested in learning about what kinds of exercise and food to do, even with hormone problems. It doesn't have to be a thyroid problem. This extends into hormone issues as well. What to do and what not to do. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, so let's start with exercise. That is a recent question that I saw posted on Facebook, and I want to address this. So what kind of exercises should I do if I have Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism, or just hormone dysregulation, or I'm just, I'm gaining weight, and I don't know what to do, and I'm going to the gym, and I'm doing everything I should be, well, that I think I should be. So what to do? Number one, do not kill yourself on a daily, daily basis. Now, there's a fine line between working really hard and doing one set and then chatting for five minutes with your friend and then answering text messages and and looking at Facebook and then doing another set. That's just not working hard at all. And that's not being focused whatsoever. Don't do that. What I mean by not killing yourself is do not go into your gym and think that you're going to do an hour and a half long workout where you do 45 minutes of cardio and 45 minutes of weight training, and you're just completely spent at the end of it. If that happens to you, you are tapping into your adrenals. You are taxing your adrenals. Now, this could happen with a simple workout. Many, many, many hypothyroid patients will say, I go to the gym and I just do this half hour routine and I feel like I've been hit by a bus for the rest of the day. That gives us feedback that even that, even that simple half-hour workout is tapping into your adrenals. You're starting to get into an adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion state, and that's not good. So number one, listen to your body. 
I guess listen to your body would be number one. Number two would be do not kill yourself at the gym. So if you are going in, if you're, let's say you're a CrossFitter and you have hypothyroidism and you're going in and you are crushing it seven days a week, six days a week, and you're not seeing results, you are not putting on muscle, you are not recovering, you are not losing weight, and you're doing the math and you're going, wait a minute, I'm busting my ass here and nothing is happening. I'm doing one of the hardest workouts there is known to common man outside of military training and nothing is happening. What's going on? Okay. You are starting to dysregulate your hormones. Now you're probably dysregulating your thyroid. You most likely are because what you're doing is you're taxing your adrenals. Your adrenals are pumping out more cortisol or they're just completely tapped out and you're not making any cortisol. That's going to start affecting your sex hormones. So it could actually be lowering your testosterone levels. Men, you know the importance of this. You need normal, well, did I just say normal? You need optimal testosterone levels to keep yourself from having a heart attack, to having a libido, to being able to get through a workout, to being able to put on muscle mass. You need that testosterone level to be optimal. Ladies, you do too. So in order to put on lean, sexy muscle, in order to be able to burn body fat, you need an optimal level of testosterone. If you are crushing yourself at the gym and your adrenals are being taxed and your thyroid's all thrown off, you're not going to have a good level of testosterone that's going to drop. So we can see the trickle down effect by you being a cardio queen at the gym, by you overdoing it at the gym. We can see that trickle down effect in all of your hormone systems, in the entire endocrine system. We can see it. Now we have to find that fine line between killing yourself at the gym and getting a really good workout, being efficient, getting in, doing the job and getting the hell out of there. Okay, so my tip number three would be get off the damn cardio machines. If I see you running on a treadmill or going to nowhere on an elliptical, I'm going to come over and pull you off and throw you into the weight room and put a set of weights in your hand. Pick up the weights. Ladies, do not be scared of lifting heavy. There is no chance, zero chance of you bulking up and getting too muscular or, you know, everybody says, I don't want to bulk up. You're not going to unless you are taking exogenous testosterone, like steroid, artificial testosterone at high, high levels. That's the only way you are going to bulk up because ladies, you just can't, you don't have the, the genetics. Now, maybe, maybe you're a former gymnast or a swimmer and you have some nice cap shoulders. That's cool. Maybe those, you're like, those grow so easily. All I have to do is pick up a weight. Okay, that's fine. Go do legs. Then, you know, do some bicep curls, but do the heavy lifting in order to build that lean muscle mass that is more metabolically active. And that heavy lifting, unless it's done for an extended period of time, is not going to tax your adrenals. So you're not going to go into that adrenal fatigue, adrenal blowout, that high cortisol release, you're not going to do it. Lift heavy weights. Do not go for a run. Just don't do it. I can't tell you how many patients I have that have trained for a marathon or a half marathon and gained weight in the process. Running is stupid. Running is detrimental to your body. I get it. If you get that runner's high and you want to go for a jog once a week, 
go, go out, go on a trail run, get out of the house, go into nature, do your thing. But if you're doing it every day, thinking it is going to control your body fat or thinking that the end game is going to be a healthier heart and a leaner looking body, I want you to think of this comparison. I want you to look at a sprinter on the Olympic team, right? We have the Olympics coming up. Think of your sprinters. They are lean. They are muscular. They are cut. They look like they could walk onto a bodybuilding stage and do a couple poses and win and take home first place because they do high intensity interval training. They do fast cardio, right? It's a burst and then they stop. And then you do a burst and then you stop. You're not going to see a world-class Olympic sprinter plugging away on the treadmill day after day. Here we go. Did I hit my 45 minutes? Maybe I'll do a 2% incline today. They're not going to do it. Now look at your, your typical marathon runner. I don't mean the ultra marathons. I'm not talking Ben Greenfield. He's a beast. He's awesome. I'm talking your, your typical marathon runner training day after day. Well, today is my, my five-mile day. And then next week is my 12. I don't know what the schedule is. I've never run a marathon, nor do I ever want to. Your typical marathon runner is a skinny fat. If you're a marathon runner, do not get mad at me. Do not. If you're lifting weights, then kudos. You're doing it right. If you are running every single day, I want you to pick up your arm and I want you to grab the skin behind your your tricep. If you can grab too much skin, you're a skinny fat. You might be nice and lean. You might be the weight that you want to see on the scale. But if you're grabbing a whole bunch of skin, there's a whole lot of muscle there. That's a skinny fat. You are burning off your muscle tissue when you run, 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 run every day. Day in, day out. 45 minutes. Got to get that hour in. Got to get the five miles in. Got to get the eight miles in. You are literally burning off your muscle tissue, pounding your joints. And again, we're coming back to tapping into cortisol and crushing your adrenals. Now, high cortisol for my thyroid patients, that's going to interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. Low cortisol when you're bottomed out, now we have to start getting into treatment of that low cortisol. Some of you will need hydrocortisone. We don't use it often, but you might need it. We might actually need to treat your adrenals if you completely crash them into a flatlined low. And that treatment is tough to do. Hydrocortisone can cause weight gain. It can spike your insulin levels. You don't want to get into that. So let's just nurture the adrenals as they are and take care of yourself and get some balance in your life. Go do the weights, get off the cardio. I will tell you a story. I stopped cardio completely, completely stopped cardio about two years ago, I think it is. Now I had been trickling off the cardio thing for probably the last 10 years or so. Totally off cardio for two years. The only time you will see me on a piece of equipment, it will be for no longer than five minutes. It is to warm up. It is literally to go on that stairway to nowhere and do every other step and squeeze my leg back and I squeeze my butt and I get the, the circulation going. That is the only time you will see me on a piece of cardio equipment. Otherwise, you will see me lunging to get my heart rate up. You will see me, see me supersetting to get my heart rate up. Hot yoga gets my heart rate up. And it also taps into the parasympathetic nervous system, which reduces cortisol and balances out our stress hormones. So you can do other things that will get your cardiovascular system going and will get your heart rate up 
without completely crushing yourself doing long, steady state cardio. So I go back to the marathon runner, that high intensity interval training, those bursts, right? So whether you're doing um, something, a circuit at the gym, you're, you're throwing in some wall balls. If you're at you know something like an Orange Theory or here, IROC Fitness, they have those high intensity interval circuits to where you do feel like you're going to die for maybe five to 10 minutes. And then you're working on your muscles. You're working on building lean muscle. You're doing a little bit heavier weight, lower rep. You're slowing it down. You're focusing on that contraction of the muscle so it can break itself down and then grow. That's what we want. We want that lean muscle tissue. Even if you're a woman, lean, sexy muscle tissue will keep your metabolism going, 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 and that will keep your body fat down. Now, what's the benefit of keeping your body fat down? Number one, you won't hold estrogen. So men and ladies, your body fat holds estrogen. So we're seeing so much more estrogen dominance right now. And we're seeing high estrogen levels in men, in women, in kids. Now, a lot of that has to do with the toxins we're exposed to on a daily basis, plastics, BPAs, craziness. And that we're going to circle back to this when we talk about your food and wheat and how wheat has different chemicals in it, actually. Estrogen dominance, big problem. Estrogen stored in your body fat. Too much body fat, high estrogen. High estrogen is going to interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. So you see we're cycling it back to your thyroid. When T4 to T3 conversion is down, you're going to gain weight. So it doesn't matter how much time you spend at the gym, you're going to gain weight. Get off the treadmill, high-intensity interval training, build lean muscle tissue, lift heavy weights, reduce body fat, lower estrogen levels. And what does all of this do? Improves insulin sensitivity. So this is going to transition us nicely into food. But how often do I say that hypothyroidism and insulin resistance go hand in hand? We see it all the time. There's another question about craving carbs and sugar. I'm seeing a functional doctor. My hormone, my thyroid hormones are all good. Why do I crave? I'm like craving these carbs and sugar. Well, number one, it's probably insulin resistance. So you want to test your glucose. You want to test your fasting insulin. And you want to test your hemoglobin A1C. And you can also do get a glucometer, test yourself at home. If your numbers are running high, you probably have insulin resistance. If you're craving carbs and sugar, you're probably having, you're probably experiencing insulin resistance. If you're on that roller coaster of high and low and you're dipping low and you're hangry, and, and you're going to rip someone's face off unless you get food at 2 p.m. You have insulin resistance. What's going to make that worse? Long, steady state cardio, running, 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 not lifting weights. Exercise is fantastic for insulin resistance. It is. But I will tell you, if you pound yourself, if you crush your body, if you increase your cortisol, you're going to experience high blood sugar moving into insulin resistance. If you do not lift weights and build that lean metabolically active muscle tissue, you're going to experience insulin resistance. And what does high insulin do again? Interferes with T4 to T3 conversion. So now you're in an insulin resistant state, meaning you have too much insulin in your body. Insulin is the fat storage hormone and you have low thyroid, you're screwed. You are going to gain weight left and right. You're going to be poofy and inflamed and just be absolutely miserable. And yet you're going to the gym and you think you're doing the right thing, I'm telling you what to do. 
I'm telling you what to do. Change your life. Change how your body reacts. Change your stress response and your cortisol and balance your hormones and get your thyroid on track. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And last but not least, before I move into food, add in a chill day. It can be hot yoga for my type A personalities. I know you don't want you don't want a chill day. You don't want to just take a walk. You don't want to just do stretching on the floor. There's no effort in that. So do hot yoga. You will be deep heating your muscles. You'll be tapping into the parasympathetic response. You will be down-regulating your cortisol, and you're going to get your heart rate up and feel like you really worked out. After hot yoga, I feel a little bit beat up. So am I tapping into my cortisol? Probably a little bit because my heart rate will get up into the 170s sometimes, depending on how hot it is. But I get that detoxification reaction. I get that sweat going. Next on my list, coming very, very soon, is an infrared sauna that is made for hot yoga. So I can actually do hot yoga in my sauna. Many of you know I'm doing it in my spare bathroom with a Cove infrared heater. This bad boy infrared sauna going to have infrared all around. I mean, it's got bells and whistles. We'll give you a link if you want to get the best infrared sauna in the world. And you don't have to go into the hot yoga space infrared sauna, but infrared saunas are fantastic for detoxification. Hot yoga, great for detoxing, detoxing high estrogen levels, estrogen dominance. Do some hot yoga, sweat. You're going to get your liver processing that estrogen that is building up, building up. So detox by sweating and in some hot yoga, downregulate that stress response, get into the parasympathetic And guess what? You're still going to be building muscle. You're using your own body weight. I mean, you you do a couple up dog, down dogs, and you're doing some push-ups. So I guarantee you, your shoulders will be sore after a hot yoga workout. Men, that's a challenge for you. I have seen some men in my hot yoga class. And years and years and years ago, I, I, I brought my partner with me, and it kicked his ass. And there is nothing harder than a a big old man using his body weight in a hot yoga class. It's hilarious. It's admirable. And it will kick your ass. I promise you that. So, men, if you want to change change up, just a little bit of change of workout, go ahead and jump into a hot yoga class. Or get an infrared sauna and do it at home so nobody can look at you. But I guarantee you, listen, us ladies in hot yoga, we, we love seeing the guys. It's great. We give you props. In our minds, we're giving you props. I promise you that. I'm taking a minute to interrupt the podcast just to tell you how you can sign up for a free discovery call with me to learn how we can work together as a team and how I can help you to get your life back. So if you go to my website at amyhorneman.com and click on book a call, you can schedule a call that's convenient for you. It'll be about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and that's where you will learn what it looks like to work with me, everything that we cover top to bottom with your health, how we develop a treatment plan, a personalized nutrition plan, a personalized supplement plan, and how we work together as a team with me holding your hand to get you your life back. Now, moving into food. This is our next topic, right? So overlooked. It's so easy to think, well, everybody knows that you have to go gluten-free when you have Hashimoto's. Everybody knows that you have to take out processed foods. Come on. That's common sense, right? But yet I still see patient after patient coming to me 
with a food journal that is all over the place. You know, either they're loaded down with gluten-free versions of everything. So we got the gluten-free pretzels and we got the gluten-free cookies and we got the gluten-free pasta and we got the gluten-free bread. And maybe they're dairy-free and they're adding in, you know, some vegan cheese that's loaded with soy. They're trying. They're trying. You're trying. I get it. But we have to look at your nutrition as it relates to Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. We have to look at that and, number one, personalize it to you. If you're walking around with insulin resistance, do we have to go full-blown keto? No. We can go keto for the week, come up on the weekends. We can just do low-carb. There are many, many, many great options and ways for us to make this exciting for you so that you're not bored out of your mind or that you're not doing dirty keto or that you're not crashing your T3 by going too low-carb. We do have to personalize it to you, but the generalization tip for food as it relates to Hashimoto's, number one, you have to take out the gluten, but not only that, you have to take out the grains. Grains are inflammatory. In fact, like I said, we are finding more and more that wheat is actually sprayed with, well, we know it's sprayed with Roundup. We know that they spray the wheat fields like life is safe, to get the wheat to germinate faster. So faster turnover equals more money. So you have all of your grain products, anything with wheat in it, sprayed with a pesticide that's going to be a direct toxin, a direct endocrine disruptor to you and to your thyroid. So one article that I found says that there is abundant evidence that industrial chemicals such as bisphenol A, a couple that I can't even pronounce, polychlorinated bisphenols, which are your, you know, if you buy a a BPA-free water bottle, they can actually use BPF, BPS. They can use a different bisphenol because guess what? It's still BPA-free. They're not lying in their marketing, but you're still getting exposure to an endocrine-disrupting thyroid-destroying toxin chemical. So I digress. Uh, And others interfere with your thyroid hormone metabolism, including conversion of T4 to T3. Studies have shown that the diiodinase enzyme is inhibited by BPA, phthalates, and parabens. So these are common ingredients in toiletries such as hand cream, conditioners, um, all of that. Then we get into some of these chemicals actually being found in food, water, air, soil, and wheat. So we're seeing that dysbiosis is occurring more and more and more, which is just a a complete change in your microflora and your gut. So this dysbiosis is occurring because of our exposure to wheat and glyphosate and the stuff that's sprayed on it and the different grains and, and the, the endocrine disrupting ingredients that's on, in your food and in your water. It's, it's becoming a problem. It really is becoming a, a, a huge problem because it's really hard to get away from in this world of everything being at our fingertips. We like that, we like that grab and go food, right? We want to go to the, to the convenience store and grab a bar because we're starving and we're running around. We probably have insulin resistance, so we're craving carbs and sugar. And we grab things with oats because we think, hey, oats are good for you. Well, nowadays they're sprayed. We grab things like the gluten-free bread. Well, that still has potato starch and that still has other types of grains in it and more sugar that's just taking the place of the gluten-free. When it comes to food, 
unfortunately, you're not going to like this answer, but just go simple. Just eat food that is made by God. I mean, you know, eat a cow, eat a chicken, eat some seafood if it's not farm-raised, eat some vegetables, eat fruits if they're in season, not too much if you have insulin resistance. If you want to make some cookies and you're grinding your own almonds, you're getting some almond flour and you're getting some cassava flour and and you're using real antioxidant-rich cacao or dark chocolate and you're using Kerrygold butter and coconut oil, listen, all of that is great. You can make a kick-ass chocolate chip cookie with that. If you go to the store and you buy the Pepperidge Farms gluten-free you're going to see a laundry list of ingredients. Most of them are chemicals. You're definitely going to have some gluten-free flour, whatever that comprises of, and a whole lot of emulsifiers and non-sticky ingredients and who knows what else in the cookie. And then, of course, we have to make it sweet. So it's gluten-free, but it's not low-carb. We're still pumping in the sugar to take the place of having the real just plain old flour with the gluten in it. So you're still getting an inflammatory response. You are still getting a spike in your insulin and this will still come back and affect your thyroid. Now we know that going gluten-free is beneficial to those with autoimmune conditions. We know this. We know that gluten will cause an autoimmune attack. So I always say the little soldiers, right? You have Hashimoto's, you get those little soldiers. Those little soldiers want to go out and they want to attack your thyroid. They want to attack, attack, attack. When you eat gluten-containing foods, you are building your arsenal. You're building up those little soldiers. And they are going to go out in, in, in droves. And they are going to kick the hell out of your thyroid. And it's going to downregulate, not work so well. So we're adding to the soldiers and then we're opening the doors. We're saying, go ahead, go out. Oh, here's another attack. Go ahead, go out. Here's another attack. Every time you eat gluten. That's why sometimes we see antibodies go up. Now, antibodies will fluctuate. I understand. But oftentimes we see antibodies go up with gluten exposure. So the more gluten you eat, the higher the antibodies go, the more the soldiers go out, they attack your thyroid. Now you feel worse. Now you're gaining weight. You're going, hey, why? I don't have, I don't have celiac disease. So I don't need to avoid gluten because I don't have celiac. But you still have an autoimmune condition. And actually, you might end up getting celiac or RA or lupus or MS because we know autoimmune begets autoimmune. So not only is that constant exposure building up your antibodies and causing more attacks on that which you have autoimmune for Hashimoto's thyroid, but you are also moving closer and closer in the different stages of Hashimoto's closer to that stage five, where we know other autoimmune conditions present themselves because autoimmune begets autoimmune where we see one, we see more than one. That's the last thing you want to deal with. You're already dealing with Hashimoto's. Do you really want to deal with rheumatoid arthritis? Do you want to deal with Crohn's? Do you want to deal with lupus? Do you want even psoriasis as a pain in the butt? So keep those soldiers at bay, keep them in their camp, lock the doors, don't let them out. The way to improve your chances of this is by going truly gluten-free, but the real food gluten-free. Not the buy everything at the supermarket to replace everything in your pantry gluten-free version. I get it. That's a great crutch in the beginning. That's a great way to start out. Because when you tell somebody to go gluten-free, they they give you that deer in the headlights look and they're a little bit freaked out. They don't know how they're going to do it. 
In today's day and age, yes, we do have way more gluten-free options at the grocery store than we once did. So it's way easier. It's easier to use that as a stepping stone, as a nice little crutch to transition. But you don't want to live there. You don't want to stay there. You don't want to rely on that food because it's going to come back and it's going to still cause inflammation. And then you're going to go, why don't I feel better? I thought this gluten-free thing was supposed to help. I thought that it was supposed to lower my antibodies. I thought I was supposed to lose weight on it. I thought I was supposed to feel better. If you're only replacing inflammatory food with inflammatory food, you're not going to feel better. And that's the whole problem. That's why gluten-free got a really bad rep when it first came out because everybody did exactly that. They went out and they bought gluten-free versions for every single thing in their pantry. Like I said, oh, We'll replace bread with gluten-free bread and cookies with gluten-free cookies and my pretzels with gluten-free pretzels and my pasta with this great gluten-free pasta. Meanwhile, when you turn it over and you look at the ingredient list, it still has your rice flour and your potato starch and your maltodextrin and a bunch of sugar, all inflammatory. You're replacing a grain for a grain or you're replacing a grain for a sugar. And it's still going to jack up your insulin and jack up your blood sugar. That's going to affect your thyroid. That's going to affect your weight. Because in that high insulin state, fat cells love to grow. So you're going to increase your weight and your thyroid's going to go down. So now you have a double whammy. You have that insulin resistance and a thyroid problem. You're doing really nothing for food-wise to, to improve. So you're going to be in that weight gaining state just over and over and over again. And then there's that inflammation, that systemic inflammation. So we know that the chemicals, we know that the BPA, we know that phthalates, we know that Roundup and glyphosate affects the gut lining. We know that. We know there is a very strong, strong gut thyroid connection. If you have leaky gut, if you have dysbiosis, then it will affect how your thyroid functions as well as all your other hormones, insulin, sex hormones, all of that. If you constantly pound your gut, your stomach, your gut lining, your entire GI system with inflammatory foods, what will happen is your immune system will actually drop. So you will experience leaky gut. And we have tests for this too. This will be another episode. I'll go over my GI map test with you. You will have leaky gut. You will have lower, low secretory IgA, SIG-A. That's your first line of defense in your gut. That is your immune system. You will experience low SIG-A. And then you can get into all kinds of like low microflora, low digestive enzymes. You're not digesting anything. You're thinking, oh, I need to take, you know, probiotics out the wazoo to help my bloating. No, just remove the inflammatory foods and your bloating will go down. Do some gut healing and your bloating will go down. You don't have to pound probiotics every day. In fact, you shouldn't be pounding probiotics every single day. That's going to backfire on you because you have trillions of gut flora. So if you take the same things every day and if you're eating Activia yogurt, it's going to work against you eventually. Just side note, FYI. So with the food, I know this sounds so simple and stupid. Get back to the ancestral way of eating the primal way of eating, God's way of eating. Eat what has been given to you, not what is man-made in a factory. I get it. It's not going to be 100% of the time. I understand. But my goodness, if you can do an 80-20, if you can change your food 80%, yes, it might mean you cook a little bit more. 
might mean you buy half a cow, might mean you go hunt for some deer, might mean that you get that, that, uh, what is it, that co-op thing where you get a basket of fruits and vegetables that are in season every week. I'm down with that. Maybe, maybe you do that, but those little steps are going to make a huge difference in your body. And it almost sounds right. Just too good to be true. Cause you keto people, you think you got to go out and you got to buy the F bombs and you got to buy your slim fast keto bars and you got to, you got to buy a keto coffee mix. You don't have, you can go back to the basics, whether you're keto or you're low carb or you're AIP or you're paleo or you're primal, get back to real food. And if you want to make yourself an F bomb, then grind up some macadamia nuts, use some real cacao powder, make your own. Don't buy the ones at GNC that's packaged F-bomb. No, make your own fat bombs if that's what you're jonesing for. Grab some real dark chocolate. Your taste buds will adjust to the 85%. I swear to God. Maybe even to the 90%. Maybe even to the baking chocolate. Eat the real food. That is my advice to you. Don't make it too complicated. Lift weights, get off the cardio machines, eat real food. Is that so simple? It's stupid. It is. But we had to break it down because I believe that the more you understand how these things actually act in your body and how your body responds, the more you learn, the better patient advocate you will be. We have just a transformational journey. When I'm working with patients, I have a complete transformational journey laid out for you where we address exercise. We address detox pathways. We address the hormone. Of course, the hormone, the thyroid, food, your gut, all of that is at the top of our list. Getting you properly tested, getting you on the right medication, that's all part of it. I have a nurse practitioner that's part of my team. We do that for you. It's all part of the package. It's all part of the journey. Personalized nutrition plan. Yeah, we'll work around your cravings. I only want you to spend money on the supplements that you need. Please do not go out and buy thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of supplements thinking that's going to be your answer. It's not. I like to simplify. Then we have to address the mental and the physical. I have a mindset coach that's part of my team. We're going to address those mindset blocks that keep you from progressing, that keep you from believing that you can even make progress and get your life back. And of course, the physical and the exercise piece, detoxification, rebalancing, optimizing, and then doing this for the rest of your life. So total transformational journey for you.